Welcome to the Support Automation Show, a podcast by Capacity. Join us for conversations with leaders in customer or employee support who are using technology to answer questions, automate processes, and build innovative solutions to any business challenge. I'm your host, Justin Schmidt. Julie Tugglewin, welcome to the Support Automation Show. Thank you so much, Justin. It's a pleasure to be here today. Likewise, for our listeners out there, Julie is the first guest we've had on this show who is also from the St. Louis area. Capacity is based in St. Louis. I live in St. Louis and Midwest Bank Center, where Julie is the executive vice president of HR, is located here in St. Louis. So it's fun to have a fellow St. Louisan on the show today. That's that's fantastic. And uh, and yeah, this is uh, where I grew up. Um I, I left for a little while with college, and uh, my first job was actually in Dallas, Texas. But as so many St. Louisans do, uh, I was gone a few years and, and said, come back. Oh, time <laughs> to come back. So, uh, so here we are. Uh, this is my 15th year uh, since coming back. I, I've been back in the area for 15 years, and we're going strong. Love it. If you don't mind, tell us a little bit about Midwest Bank Center, your role there, and maybe the journey to that role. Yeah, I, I would love to. So, so Midwest Bank Center is a is a pretty special organization. It's it's been around for about 115 years. Uh, we are an organization with about 280 employees working at 18 locations around the region. So we're uh, St. Louis City and County, we're in St. Charles and Jefferson County, and then St. Clair County, Illinois. Um, When we look at that, we're in this little uh, spot, this niche position where we've got over 2 billion in assets. We're growing, we're growing in a lot of very different places, but we are deeply rooted in the communities that we grew up in, and that we continue to serve every day in our work um, in the St. Louis region. So when you get down to the purpose and, and the work that we do here, it is really centered on, on helping our regional communities thrive and grow. This is integral to our business strategy and the work that we do. And it comes through in a lot of the different things that you see us doing in the community every day. So when you talk about my role at NBC, I'm I'm so lucky. I I get to lead the people function um, for the bank. And so as you shared before, my official title is Executive Vice President of Human Resources. But what that really means is, is the opportunity to engage with folks to find out you know, what people are needing and, and how we can make a culture and, and create uh, engagement for our teams, which enable us to go out and do the amazing things that we're doing every day in the community. So I, I think I've got one of the best jobs that you can have. Um, and I really enjoy it uh, because I get to be engaged with our people every single day. Yeah, and for... Those of you who are not in St. Louis, recently Midwest Bank Center donated a block of land um, where affordable senior housing is being built. My family is not Midwest Bank Center customers, but I know of Midwest Bank Center because I know they they did this and um, housing building affordable housing is is a is a very important thing to do from a civic perspective. And it's very cool to see that you guys did that. So that 
it's not lip service when you say the investment in the community, it, 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 it makes a difference. Um, and prior to Midwest Bank Center, you worked at one of the largest privately held businesses in the United States, correct? That's right. I spent 12 years with Enterprise Holdings in the Information Technology Division. Yeah. So you're uniquely positioned to discuss support automation and, and specifically how technology, automation, et cetera, can be leveraged for employees and team members. And one of the things that I want to start off with here, you mentioned this in your um, introduction to Midwest Bank Center, is that investment in community but then you also mentioned the investment in the people at Midwest Bank Center, and you know you called it out as the, that your favorite part about the job. And when you think about people and community and um, all of the sort of human soft skills that go into that, technology, automation, artificial intelligence isn't necessarily the next thing you intuitively think of, but when you have a workforce at, you know, enterprise, for example, 50,000 plus employees or whatever it is, you have to leverage technology in order to engage all of those people and, and to keep everyone feeling like they're part of the team. So one thing I'm curious about is when you think back at your time there and as you've gone through the growth at Midwest Bank Center, what are some examples of technology that, that is, was brought in to help keep those connections and help drive a sense of community within the workforce. Yeah, so so you know it, it's interesting when you're thinking about kind of the soft skills and the the people skills and and all of those things that go along with with you know core people leadership. Um, technology doesn't replace any of those. All of those mechanisms still have to be in place. What technology really does is it's an enabler. It, it enables you to connect with people more fluidly. Just like you and I are connecting today over Zoom, we couldn't have done this five years ago, but today and post COVID, this is, this is normal. Yes. And so technology has to be seen as an enabler to making things uh, better, to enhancing all of those core people skills and, and people needs that exist every day, regardless of the AI that you introduce or, or the latest uh, technical craze that you're looking at. And so when I think about how that applies with your workforce, it's, it's really being able to recognize the opportunities that tech provides and being able to leverage those in the culture or the organization that you're in. Mm. Um, I will tell you, there is not a one size fits all, you know, this, this you know, little tech piece or, or this platform is going to, you know, change your life. It, it's really all about bringing the tools to your people helping them understand how to implement and integrate them into the work that they do every day. And then being able to leverage that if your customer is, you know, someone who is, you know, a bank customer who's logging in from their couch, or in my case, if your customer happens to be the employees who are servicing your external customers, it's all about finding the ways to leverage and build those relationships. Mm, absolutely. That just supports you. Yeah. 
So Julie, when I say the word support automation, what's that mean to you? So support automation in my world from a human resources perspective is really all about being able to give our employees as much seamless support as we can uh, from really behind the scenes so that my team and my people are not sitting behind a desk doing data entry somewhere, Mm -hmm. but my team is out sitting down with you having coffee or they're in one of our 18 branches engaging and having a discussion or we're having uh, external touch bases uh, with folks that are on a Zoom meeting all over the United States uh, that may be our employees who are now full-time remote uh, because we have new opportunities and we're able to uh, recruit in, in multiple states now. So when I'm thinking about support automation, again, everything for me comes back to it's got to be able to impact my bottom line, whatever that is. And for me, it's about having my team out building relationships, not doing data entry. Um, there's just no value in it. Exactly. And one of the things at capacity that that we always tell people is good automation and, and the good implementation of automation is really about unlocking the potential of your people, not about replacing people, not about turning a, you know, a human job into the output of an algorithm on a server somewhere, but rather putting that person in the position to be their best, to do their best work, to find the work more fulfilling. An example I always give is when you call a retailer and you have a support issue of some sort, if the person on the other line, other end of the line is, you know, if you're the 50th call in the last 50 minutes with the exact same issue and they're going through the motions in a robotic zombie sort of state, that experience is not going to be great. But in a world where all the, you know, level zero support, whether it's your, you know, chatbot or knowledge base, whatever it is, can answer some of those questions and resolve some of those issues before the phone's ever picked up, the energy that that agent's going to bring to that interaction is going to be a lot higher, which is good for the brand. And it's also just a better experience, both for the person, you know, the customer calling and for the person going into work every day. That same thing happens internally with with HR, people operations, IT, whatever it is, especially at larger growing companies. But one thing that comes up every now and then, and I'm very curious, Julie, your um, expertise and, and, and throughout your career doing this, sometimes people think automation is scary. Why do you think that is? And what is it that leaders must do to get over the hump to have the team welcome automation with open arms? So I, I think that is a great question, Justin. And to be honest with you, you know, my career has taken me, I, I've been in, in three, uh, three different companies over 20 years. And in each one of those, I have hit this every single time. Uh, no matter, you know, my first job was with General Motors, Um, And so their automation was front and center and something that was on people's minds all the time. It's the it's very similar responses across the board because there is this sense that 
you know, a robot's going to come in and it's just going to do everything this way, this way, this way, or, a, you know, a system or a platform or whatever, it's going to replace me and I won't be needed anymore. But in my experience across three different industries in 20 years, what I have found over and over is that the automation, the uh, the platforms, whatever it is you're using, does not and cannot replace the people interaction and the relationships. Mm. And so when I think about the work that we're doing today at the bank, there are certain aspects of, of that work that you touched on, uh, you know, kind of the, the first the first level of calls, you know, what's my account balance? What's uh, you know, did did this happen or did that happen? Kind of looking at the basic nuts and bolts that can be automated, but you can't automate the experience with our customers, the ability to sit down and help someone through their first mortgage application, the ability to work uh, front and center with our commercial clients on a work site somewhere. Those are the things that can't be replaced no matter what you automate. That's the core of the business. And in a business like banking, that is the differentiator. That is the place where you're able to engage and to really make a difference for your people. And the other part of that is, is that not only do you make a difference within your community on a one-on-one -on -one basis, but then our people and, and our, uh, our clients and customers many are very attuned to the fact that we are feeding back into the community and that the work and the money that they're investing and the things that they're doing are helping to grow the greater St. Louis community. Mm, that's, that's powerful because it's one thing to simply fulfill the societal contract we all enter into when you kind of engage in in capitalism, right? Like you go to the store, you hand them the money, they hand you the product, you go home and right. Like we, we did that. It's something else entirely to sort of mechanically cover all of that. But then also as the person's leaving the store, they're leaving the store, you know, banks, most, I think I read this once that most banks, most people choose a bank that's, you know, really close to where they live you're you're you are part of that community so that that good experience with your brand is a good experience with the community and like ultimately you know we're social creatures that 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 crave community and 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 and, and a sense of belonging and you can you can participate in that you can help manage that you can help influence that and well thought out automation to ease the burden of your team helps enable that. It's, it's a really powerful thread that I think as I've had a lot of these discussions and as I've been in the, the, the support automation space with capacity the last three years, one thing that HR in particular is just really good at, at understanding is that holistic relationship between the end customer the person behind the, the, the teller in the case of, of a bank and how that all fits together to, to really drive a, a shared experience. When you think of those shared experience, this is this may be a bit of a roundabout way to get to, to a point, but when you think about automation, you know, you, the, the business needs to be profitable. 
business need to keep, keep innovating to, to, to continue to grow. And the people both involved in the business and the customers all need to, to have a good experience. How can businesses bring automation into what they're doing and not lose sight of the coalescence between profitability, people, and innovation? So it's, it's an interesting question. Um, and, and it gets back for me to the fact that um, you don't change for change's sake. Mm-hmm. And, and tech is not, um, tech is a tool uh, to to the solution or or to the outcomes that you're looking for, but tech is not the end all be all for for anything that you're doing. And and so many um, so many companies and and you know everything that we do. I'm I'm trying to think of a company where this or or an, an example where this doesn't uh, apply, but. Generally speaking, every single company finds success in its customer relationships, in the experience that it is able to give the customers and the relationship that you feel that you have with that company. That's what it all comes back around to. And so again, when I think about innovation, when I think about tech, when I think about automating processes or bringing in a new system, everything really falls into the support of those relationships. And, and even when you find yourself in a place where, again, some of the baseline work or, or certain things may, not, may now be handled in an automated state or a mm-hmm. digital state, it, it, it should be enabling your people to be out doing more, to be able to be impacting the bottom line with whatever your business is. If it's increased sales or, or however it is that you're engaging with your customers, that is what it's all about. It, it's, it's the silent support in behind that enables you to then do more. And again, yeah. When I think about the bank, for instance, it's it's being able to to be on a work site with a client and an iPad, and I'm going to run through you know these ten things, and we just solved five problems. I'm going to jump in my car and go to the next client in a traditional or in a setting where things were heavily manual. That would have been probably a two hour meeting in an office that you would have lost a half day. Your productivity changes, your energy changes, the engagement and the culture of the organization. It all is impacted when tech goes right. Mm-hmm. Very, Midwest Bank Center is in a very interesting position on this too, because it's a it's a regional regional business but you guys offer the full you know you go to midwestbankcenter.com and you know browse through the top menu there it's all the same stuff you would find at chase or or you know pnc or whatever so so it's a very big bank breadth but then the 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 sort of depth there is is very very community driven. Um, say a lot of things, you know, not to throw shade at Chase. Could say a lot of things about Chase Bank. Community driven is not not the first thing that comes to mind. Um, if you if you don't mind, speak to how you manage internally keeping 
that same um, ethos of of delighting the customer and the and the and the that like sort of virtuous cycle of the employees, the the, the team member to the customer relationship there, and 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 how you know you can make both of them happy with good technology. If you don't mind, like how do you manage that across? You know, personal banking, business, mortgage, insurance, financial planning, like there, there's a wide breadth to what you guys do. How, how do you keep that all so that the brand experience with Midwest Bank Center is the same sort of across that portfolio? So we've done we've done several things internally. Um, and, you know, in the last three years, we have leaned in and really pressed into technology. Um, and, and this idea that we kind of sit at the intersection of, of purpose, people, and innovation. So, mm. so we, you, you hear, and, and if you read any of Orb's writings, you, you see this come up over and over. This is really core to what we do. And so what has been very important for us, because that is a lot of change in an organization. You know, three years ago, there was a lot of, of manual processes. There were a lot of things that, um, that you know, today we, we've revisited the process and we've changed how we do things, but it doesn't happen in a moment. And, and so what, what we did internally was we really invested in a, uh, a methodology called Simplexity that we learned and trained internally to really help us kind of ask the question of how might we solve these mm. issues? And so that's a, a question that we, we've introduced in lots of different places in our business to, to stimulate your, your mind to be thinking about how, do, how might we instead of why can't we? Or, well, we've never done that before. It, it starts to change your perspective. The next click of that is to be able to take those, those ideas, to be able to take that uh, technology and those new uh, processes and to be able to communicate them throughout the organization so that people understand what's happening You've got to train people on what these things are and what they mean for them and how to integrate them. So one of the biggest um, challenges that I see companies face over and over, pick your industry. I've been in three. It's the integration of these systems into the work that we do. So much training and so many implementation teams will come in and they will implement a, a, a platform for you or a program for you. And then they kind of hand it over and say, you know, good luck. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> You've got what you need. Knock yourself out. And, and people don't inherently know how to take this shiny new tool that we've just bought and truly integrate it into the business practices. And so that is for me, one of the most integral and important aspects of any technology that you introduce to your organization is truly the integration after the implementation plan is done, because that'll be done in 12 weeks. Just ask anybody, um, <laughs> but, but really, taking that implementation and making it my own and, and helping your employees, again, understand it 
start to develop a common language and also gain confidence around what it is they're doing. Because particularly when you're in a space where something has been heavily manual, automating things is, is scary. You know, I've never done it this way and I've done it for 20 years. So if I've never done it this way, you know, I, I don't know, how is this gonna work for me? And so it's all about helping people understand the integration and then helping them build their confidence around the new skills so that they can go in. And, and again, technology is a tool. So it's a tool in my tool belt that I'm gonna pull out and I can use it as I need it, but it doesn't define the relationship and it doesn't define the work that I do. Those are some of the key things in, in my years that I've experienced. And I feel like it's a common experience that a lot of people have when they start to go down these paths. It absolutely is. And it dovetails with something that we say a lot to our prospects. And I know I've said this on this show a few times. I've said this at booths at conferences back when that used to be a thing. Um, <laughs> I've, I've said this on webinars. I've said this, you know, in, in sort of more one-on-one -on -one type conversations before you buy anything, any, whether it's uh, something is sort of deep and, and widespread as a ERP or something as simple as a calendar management application you need to really map out the process, the people that are going to the, 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 find your stakeholders, map out the process, understand what existing technologies in, in, in place that this solution is going to have to connect with and, and integrate with, et cetera, et cetera, and really do the sort of process design and job design first, because a couple things will happen. One, you may find that you might not even need the, the tool, right? And, and and I say that as someone who markets software for a living, but you know, we got to be honest with each other, like you, you, you have to un understand what it is that you're trying to do. And that process of mapping this all out is going to, you're going to learn so much about your business, so much about your processes, you're gonna find so many efficiencies that you can gain before you even like, you know, go through day one of your of your 12 week um, onboarding onboarding plan. And you touched on it there. And it's really sort of understand um, what's going to happen after integration and how the ongoing usage of this is going to be. That's that's a really key thing for for people. And I'm, I'm, I'm very glad you, you, you brought it up. Um, you know, closing out our, our conversation here. If you could go back and give your 20 year old self a piece of advice going into a career in, in, in HR, people operations, you know, it, it's called a bunch of different things these days. Let's call it HR just to, to, to make it easy. If you go back and give your 20 year old self a piece of advice before getting into HR, what would it be? Mm, you know, uh, so, so my undergrad is in psychology. Um, and, and it's because I, I, I enjoy that, that science. I enjoy that practice. I enjoy people. And so I think, um, you know, this was the business application opportunity that I found that made sense. 
But I think what I'd say to myself is, number one, trust your gut because it's normally spot on and it really doesn't lead you wrong. Um, I think I, I would say, uh, you know, worry less. <laughs> the uh, you, you get your outcomes um, regardless of if, if you do that with worry or not. So um, trust your gut that you're going where you need to go. Um, don't worry about it all so much. And and just kind of a, a funny note, uh, something we've been talking about internally, which I'll I'll touch on a little bit more here in a second. But uh, you, you know, internally we have a group of of executive leaders. We have four women uh, who are members of our executive team, which is pretty astounding in the banking world. Um, you don't have. Uh, you, you typically just don't see that much representation of women at the top levels in in the banking in the banking environment, and so we did a uh, we did a, a podcast or a, a lunch and learn with with our organization, and and one of the things that came up was uh, what you could what you would tell yourself on a personal level. Um, if uh, if you could go back and do it, and I, I think the the third one was buy that bikini. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can uh, it, you know it's it's just kind of fun things and 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 just looking back and and recognizing that uh, you know when you're 25 years old, uh, you've got a lot of energy and and you know you've got more than you even recognize that that you have and so trusting what you've got doing it with confidence um and and uh, living living you know enjoying the experience because um because it's great and and the more that you do that you know you get you get a little sharper along the way as you go you you learn some different things and some lessons are pleasant and some are not but uh but as long as you keep learning and growing, uh, it all turns out just fine. Absolutely. And thinking about the future a little bit, what excites you the most about the future of support automation? So I think what excites me the most is, is what automation really is enabling for us uh, when I think about our business and our business strategy. So one of the things that really accelerated for us in the last two years with the pandemic um, was this thought around, you know, being able to be remote workers um, or hybrid workers. This is a space that, uh, you know, three years ago in a community bank, you didn't really have a lot of activity in this space. But what the pandemic helped us do was push into this space and push in uh, push in hard. And what, what we found from that is fantastic engagement. We, we just got a, a top workplaces uh, distinction um, in April, which was really exciting for the group. Um, but in addition to that, it has opened up our ability to hire and recruit talent from across the United States. So we couldn't do that if we were still manually centered uh, you know, working manual mm -hmm. and, and everything paper-based or, you know, everyone has to be in person for this or for that. Tech has enabled us to, to have employees truly throughout the United States 
and to really be able to function in whatever capacity we need. Uh, again, if you are working in a bank front and center with our employees shaking hands, or you're working in Florida running a business division for us, uh, with us still centered here in, in the St. Louis region. So, so what it has done for us and what it will continue to do for us is enable us to engage a broader talent pool and enable us to be able to do more uh, and grow faster than we've been able to in the past. And at the bank, you know, our, our, the dollars that come into the bank go back into our community to the tune of about 95 out of every hundred dollars is, is being reinvested back into the communities that we serve. And so the ability to be able to grow that and to exponentially grow that with the support of tech is very exciting for how we can continue to drive our own communities and grow our communities in new ways. Absolutely. And that's the, if there's one sort of, you know, theme of this show and, or one tagline that I could slap on every piece of marketing collateral that the capacity produces, it really is that is embrace how technology can help your teams do their best work and how they can sort of realize the ultimate expression of, of, of what they are, who they are, what they do in the workplace. To end here, and this has been a great conversation, Julie, I really appreciate you coming on. We're going to end with our quick fire round, our famous five. I really need to come up with a name for this. I say this every single show. So people listen to, listen to this regularly and be like, Justin, you really need to just brand the thing and, and, and get past <laughs> the explanations. But maybe me awkwardly saying I need to brand it is the brand of it. Um, but let's, let's end with a quick fire round here. What's the book you most often recommend to people? I think the book that I, I know I've been recommending a lot uh, as we have been growing and we have been changing. There's two um, and they're, they're not new, new flashy books. I got to tell you, good to great. Mm. That, that's a big one. All time classic. Yep. Absolutely. And the other one uh, that, you know, again, as you're thinking about change and you're thinking about growth of teams and we're growing teams and remote settings and hybrid settings, the five dysfunctions. Mm. Uh, we go back to that. I, I look at that. It, it helps in so many conversations that I'm having with managers who are having challenges around, again, those core team dynamics, the, the people skills. How do I grow a team? You've got a whole lot of great information sitting right there. Love it. What's the best productivity hack or productivity tip that you found that you use in your working life? So I'll tell you two. Uh, so I am a, I'm a working mother of two. Uh, my girls have have finally made it to the ages where they can self-sustain. Uh, but after my second was born, um, on a personal note, I gave up pairing socks uh, <laughs> because the time it would take me to find the black sock. To, so everybody's wearing white socks. <laughs> And I haven't paired a sock in 10 years. So it's one less thing to worry about, right? <laughs> on a personal note, that's that uh, I did for myself. It was a gift. Um, professionally, one of the most impactful things that we've done 
uh, or that I've done uh, as part of our organization. Um, in 2019, we introduced the idea of no meeting Friday. And it's really centered around the space of every Friday you block it. You don't take meetings unless you just have, you know, something with an external vendor or whatever. But that day is really centered around your strategy, thinking, analyzing, and really moving the work that you're doing forward. Uh, every day in our lives, we get so bogged down with meetings and calls and mm-hmm. that's kind of happening around us. It's, it's a weekly timeout to focus and to really go deep uh, on the work that you're doing. We do that as an organization. It's, it's a powerful tool. We do it as well. And there are a few things I hold more sacred than my no meeting Friday. Yeah, <laughs> I, will, I will defend that thing to the death because it really does help to have that dedicated time for deep work. Yeah. If you could recommend one site blog, Slack community, LinkedIn group, um, conference, offline community, one community for HR leaders to embrace and understand how automation can help them and their teams, what would it be? So I've got to be honest with you, from an automation standpoint, one of the the best partners that I've found not not only over one year, but over many years, um, is Gartner. I fall mm-hmm. I back to uh, you know that partnership with Gartner, uh, the research, the the things that they're doing in in this space, and and you know they're they're huge. They're yes. they're they're everywhere, and so they can bring different perspectives and thoughts. So for me, that's been a, an important partner. I I think though. For any HR uh, leader or professional or even someone who's growing their career, it's about finding the resource that is has a broader view that can partner with you and help you see not only the things that are in front of you, but see the bigger picture as well. So it, it may be Gartner, it may be something else for someone else, but it's finding that partner that I think is really critical. Yeah, that is absolutely critical to feel like you're not alone on the journey and you're not. We're all even even us us um, B2B software marketers who are fairly competitive lot. Um, there's a lot of great marketing communities and, and I recommend anyone getting into it to like join a few LinkedIn, Facebook, et cetera, groups and, and go go to some conferences and meet some people. You'll be amazed at what happens when you just say hi. Uh, so, so there's also some really great local HR chapters wherever you are. Um, you know, Shern Society for Human Resource Management has local chapters throughout the United States, really in, in most cities. And that's a great place uh, to really be able to sit down and talk to people about what they're experiencing The other thing that I've been very fortunate to be involved with in the last few years is I have been asked to be on several advisory groups and HR uh, kind of 
uh, just discussion forums um, that have come again in the last few years where you're really sitting at the table with a group of individuals who are having similar experiences to what you're having. And you're able to, again, learn from each other about how they're approaching things, what they're doing, how they're really tackling um, uh, the challenges that, that are before them in their business. They're usually confidential where you can really sit and have some great mm-hmm. discussions. And um, I, I would encourage anyone who uh, is listening and kind of scratching their head, find a forum, find a discussion group that where you can engage uh, and, and just spend some time with peers and, and with others in the field. It, it really is a game changer. It is a game changer, Julian. What also is a game changer is this conversation. I really can't thank you enough. For the listeners out there, if someone wants to connect with you, where's the best place to find you? Uh, Through LinkedIn. Uh, Send me a note. I'm out there and uh, I'd love to connect. So feel free to reach out. Um, Justin, I I think you all provide my uh, LinkedIn link. Yeah, we'll we'll put it in the show notes along with the links to the books you recommended and all that. So We'll, we'll definitely make sure people can get in touch with you. Julie, I really can't thank you enough. Um, this was an illuminating conversation. And the big thing that stuck out for me is community, whether it's with the employees, with the customers, between the customers and employees, with your business and the larger community where, where your employees and your, and, your, and your customers live is all important. The communities with um, other leaders in the space making sure the sanctity of those relationships is held as different technology and automation is brought into the fold, doing the proper planning leading up to the implementation, understanding how that tool and that process is going to evolve after implementation, all sorts of great stuff in this conversation. I really can't thank you enough and we will see everybody soon. Thanks, Julie. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time today. The Support Automation Show is brought to you by Capacity. Visit capacity.com to find everything you need for automating